Welcome to On the Line. Um, I'm Jenny Robb with USTA Alabama, and I am so excited uh, to be here today with the National Championship um, University of Alabama wheelchair tennis team. And um, we have our head coach, Evan Inquist, and um, uh, coach Shelby Barron also with us. And Shelby is also a former player on the team. Um, so we're just really excited to have you all with us. Um, so thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> and so Evan, um, first things first, you guys are coming off of a big win. Um, you recently were down at the national campus in Orlando, I believe. And is this the fifth national championship? Is that right? This is, um, yeah, this is my fifth and I think the program's sixth in history. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's, that's no small, um, accomplishment. So I would love to hear, um, from some of the players we have, we have Lauren with us and Tyler and Thomas and it's Thomas's birthday. <laughs> um, and Avery, you know, so, so I'm so glad that you all could be here. This is really special. Um, you all represent the state of Alabama so well. Um, so I want to thank you initially for that. But um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the national championship. So, so how, how did it go? You had a season that was interrupted by COVID and you were still able to practice and compete at a very high level and go and take the ultimate crown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over. I mean, um, I'll let some of the athletes kind of handle that. And just to do a quick introduction, I mean, Lauren, Thomas, Jeremy, and, and Avery were the, the team that was at the national championship. And, and Tyler is my assistant coach. And again, Shelby's okay. the assistant. Um, and so, yeah, you know, players chime in. What, how was the season for you? And, you know, what, what do you want to give your thoughts? Um, I can start. Um, I'm Lauren. I'm from San Diego, California. I'm a first year master's student, but this year college nationals was really such a competitive time. Um, and I think we could all see, like, we've all been to nationals before. Um, this was my fifth year and just seeing the growth of, um, the tournament from when I first got to Alabama to now, um, all the new teams and the just the competitive drive and the team camaraderie from all the schools. Um, it really, really, you know, provided more of a challenge for us. And it was just, I mean, it was such a time that we were so grateful to be a part of. Um, and I loved pushing in that competition alongside my teammates. So I enjoyed it a lot. Lauren, thank you so much. So how did you personally get from Southern California to Alabama? I was actually competing in tournaments. Um, I think I met Evan um, is either Kansas or in Baton Rouge, but he, he kind of put the bug in my ears. Like, you know, you should, you should check out Alabama. I was looking at going to university of Arizona, but Evan brought me out for a visit. Um, and I kind of just fell in love with the university and the idea of being a part of a team. Um, and Shelby was a player at that time. So I was excited to play along Shelby's side. Um, so that's really what, what got me here. And, I mean, like I said, the team aspect was something I was really excited about, and I've had the most amazing experience um, being a part of it. So I'm really thankful for that. 
Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Lauren. So Evan, that was uh, a good testimony to your team building. <laughs> and, um, you know, the experience of being part of a team is so huge. And so I, I couldn't agree more um, with Lauren there, but, but tell, tell us a little bit about how you have evolved as far as building your team there at Alabama and that grew into winning national championships. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think a lot has changed, honestly, in the last five years since we recruited Lauren. Um, she was honestly one of the first, you know, Shelby was the first uh, wheelchair tennis recruit that was coming just to play tennis. We had a couple dual sport athletes beforehand. Um, and then Lauren was the first player I, I officially recruited. Um, and I think, <clears throat> I think we, we've kind of built something a little special. It's something that I'm familiar with being a collegiate athlete. Um, Tyler was a, um, played on his uh, collegiate team and, and something that was an awesome experience for both of us growing up um, and through college and being a student athlete. And, and, it, you know, it was very small to start and wheelchair basketball has had that um, kind of format, but, uh, but we really hadn't been seen too much in tennis, maybe a couple players here and there, two, maybe three on a team. Um, but it was just so, it was so important to me to, to create that same team atmosphere that I had um, in a group and just a diverse, diverse group and, um, you know, different countries, languages if possible, and just, um, you know, a, a bigger group. So, so from, <clears throat> from Lauren, since Lauren got here, um, I think we've, we've evolved a lot, um, added a lot of new players. And I think that team atmosphere is really one of the best parts, training with other wheelchair tennis players, which is very rare in the United States to have a pool of players in your city that are the same age, that are all in school. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a diamond in the rough. So we're really pleased that we were able to create that at Alabama and bring in some, um, some great players. So, um, but yeah. Um, no, thank you for that, Evan. So Shelby, um, being one of the first or the first um, and coming from Hawaii, <laughs> yeah, you're a long way from home in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so as one of the first ones to come through and, and then becoming a leader of the program, um, what, what has this journey been like for you? It's been, it's been pretty wild, actually. I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I'm kind of like Lauren, we're, we're both from the West Coast, and I, I didn't know, I knew one person coming here when I decided to, to transfer schools, but they offered me a scholarship to play tennis, and I just couldn't turn it down. Um, but definitely, Evan and I came in the same year. He started off like, like what I'm doing now as a volunteer assistant coach, and, um, you know, we just kind of work through some things together of like how to really build up this program like what kind of tournament schedule should we have and and how do we do some fundraisers and and from there like I mean I could tell I could sense his passion he kind of stepped into the head coaching position by the end of the year um which really motivated me as a player and um and it kind of motivated me motivated me to become a to become a coach as well. So it really changed the direction of where I wanted to go with my tennis career. But definitely I've grown so much coming here and, and being a part of a team has really been the highlight of my tennis experience. Uh, that is that is beautiful to hear. Um, so Evan, it sounds like, you know, during the last five, six years that you've been there, like you said, a lot has changed um, and upcoming changes are very exciting. Y'all are uh, getting a new um, building uh, tell us a little bit about the new project. 
Sure. Um, <clears throat> it was about three years ago now that there was a, a big fundraise push and, and a dream of the department was reached of having its own adapt athletics uh, facility. Um, so the Strandhard Arena was built and um, that was massive. It housed basketball, how tennis, uh, locker rooms, training facilities, you know, everything that um, other athletes have on campus. So that was a huge, um, huge milestone, the first one of its kind on college campus. And then, you know, a couple of years, within the last few years, it was kind of, we already packed the house. We already have all the, all the lockers are filled. Our tennis team has grown. We've had, we've had up to eight players in a single season. Um, and so they kind of quickly realized, hey, if we want to expand and we want to continue to grow as a program, we're going to have to build something for our tennis team. And right. uh, the tennis courts that you, I'm sure you're familiar with at the rec center, um, have no public bathroom. Uh, running water is pretty hard to come by. It's not going to be cold. Um, and so it was, it was time, it was time to make that, um, side of the facility accessible. And, um, we started to make a push and the university got behind it immediately, which is incredible. Um, and so within about 11 to 12 months, we were able to raise $1.5 million with the university support and community and everyone. And, um, so now we're going to have our own facility with locker rooms and coaches offices and lounges and, uh, athletic training, um, oh. so it's, it's pretty unbelievable um that it's actually coming and i mean it's it will be completed should be completed by the end of the summer so they're looking to have us in the fall so it's pretty incredible how fast it's moved and um it will be the first tennis facility built for wheelchair tennis in the united states wow okay that is so cool <laughs> so I, I was already excited um about this facility coming and especially coming so quickly um before the end of the year but to be um the first dedicated facility in the United States. I mean, that is even even more special. I mean, it's special on its on its own right, but that's really cool. So, you know, the work that you have all done, the connections you have made in the community, um, it, it, this is certainly a tangible um, part of your work and your dedication that you've put in. So, so congratulations to all of you. Um, so Tyler, I did not know that you are one of the coaches, so it's nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit about how, how did this come about that, that you're one of the coaches now? Well, uh, actually coach Anklis and I have been, uh, playing tennis together since we were about 10 years old. We both grew up in Rochester, Minnesota and, uh, you know, as we, I guess graduated out of playing college tennis, which we did different routes. He kind of walked onto a division one team. I went and played at a small division three school where I knew I could just kind of get on a roster right away. Um, he, he, he started more going into the, you know, collegiate coaching world, whereas I went more into the teaching pro working at tennis clubs, different things like that. And we just kind of came full circle back together where as his program was growing and he knew he would need more help with coaching um, kind of just coincidentally, I had worked at a club uh, just a few hours from here, and I was kind of looking to get back to the south and back to the area, and it just kind of all kind of came together at the right time. And uh, so now, currently, I um, you know work with you know uh, the team here at the university, and then also in town, I do some teaching over at uh, Tuscaloosa Racquet Club as well. And so for me, uh, when I got here, Shelby was a player, Lauren was a player. And then uh, the other people on this call, Jeremy Thomas and Avery, uh, were all ones that started once I was already at least volunteering as a coach. Um, 
you know, and just through the years, my role has grown. And so it, it's been fun for me to see, you know, both the players that were already here kind of just expand their games as the years have gone on. And then with some of the players that have come in, it's been fun to play a role from the start of their careers. And to watch these four compete, you know, last month, Orlando was just incredible. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you for that. So it's 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 so exciting to again, you know, we're celebrating tennis month, and so we can celebrate you and how tennis has, you know, in some ways changed the course of of your life and your career. And um, you know, we're glad for it. <laughs> um, but I want to talk to a few more of the players. Um, so I see Avery and Thomas. And Mr. Boyd, I don't know your first name. <laughs> uh oh, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I want to hear from you guys um, a little about uh, your experience um, as a player and competing and winning a national championship. I mean, that's not a feeling everybody gets. <laughs> Um, Jeremy, yeah, why don't you guys I'll, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I, mean, we're, I wouldn't say we're used to it. I mean, it's not expected or anything. Uh, we work for everything that we get. It's not like uh, there was no way we could have just showed up and taken home a national championship, um, especially not this year because people were out gunning for us. Um, some of the feelings that I get uh, or that the first words that come to mind when I think of like um, – my emotions or thoughts after the national championship were just validation, um, like a reaching goal that we just had 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 in our mind for like almost now two years because we missed last last year's, um, and just excitement for the next year, <laughs> ready to get started on the next one. Um, you know, enough isn't ever enough. So uh, it was really just kind of like while it was it was kind of like a two edged sword. Like we, it was, we got the success, but with that success comes like tar more targets on your back and more um, expectations. Because as soon as you, like, if you continuously succeed, as soon as you, people are hoping you fall off, but as soon as you fall off, people are like, Oh, you weren't that good in the first place. So um, it's always just a goal to continue to prove people wrong um, while also striving to reach our own goals and, and keep it internal. So um, a lot of motivation as well as just validation. Uh, Jeremy, that that I don't know how you could say that any better. Um, you know, obviously, every time that you're you're at the top, you're number one. Like you said, there's a target on your back, and so you, you have this feeling of of defending and proving, and um, those can all be motivational factors. But um, you all are so driven in what you do, anyway. As student athletes, that's already set apart. Um, you know, Avery or Thomas, um, how, how has that drive, you know, changed your experience while you're at the University of Alabama to be a, a focused scholar athlete that then is now a national champion? <laughs> um, yeah, for me, coming to the university just gave me so many opportunities and kind of allowed me to focus that drive onto achieving really high academically um, and athletically. So it was kind of like a perfect situation for me to be able to um, compete in that way um, and reach for those things, like reach for those high goals. So then when we talk about winning a national championship, it's just extremely fulfilling, um, you know, to see all of the work paid off. And especially like this past year where 
we didn't know, you know, there was so much uncertainty and we were every day we were at practice, you know, we were lucky to be there on court, being able to practice together. So it's very fulfilling. No, thank you, Avery. Um, and Thomas, uh, happy birthday again. <laughs> so, so spending this birthday as a national champion, um, tell us a little bit about, about your season. Um, yeah, so this season we didn't get to play any ITF tournaments, which is what I've usually been playing. So, but our coach, Evan, he made it so we would be able to play local tournaments just in, he invited people. So that was really good for all of the team. We got to see good competition. So that kept us ready for the national championship. And this year also, I think it was the hardest competition we'll, we've ever seen at the national championship, where there's a bunch of quality teams like and there's this one one team Michigan they brought a bunch of people so it made the atmosphere like amazing it was like one of the top events you would go to like just all their fans and everybody cheering for them and against us but we also had a good supporting cast so that was, made it fun made a fun final and as well this year I won the singles competition as well which was a goal of mine since my first one I got to the final last time and this time I won it so that was a good good win for me. It was a very tough match. It was, it went to the third set tiebreaker and both of us were exhausted afterwards. Cause that was the last match of the tournament. And we both played like over 10 matches or something. Uh, was in, wow. So yeah. this was a match against Michigan. Uh, that, that was the team final and the singles final was against uh, Jason Keatson from Arizona. Oh, okay. Okay. And and this was being played at the national campus. Is that right? Down in yeah. Orlando? Yeah. Okay. So was it like late into the night? Um, um, no, I believe it was around just afternoon. So okay. Okay. It was, it was very nice hot. And as hot. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice and hot down there. Uh, the, the humidity is at a hundred percent there. Um, so Evan going into a match like that, where you have a player who has, has come close, and you know it's late in the day and it's hot and it's been a long tournament how do you how do you as a coach go out there and and in this individual sport that tennis is what what do you do what do you say to thomas <laughs> i mean honestly not a whole lot um, <laughs> we had put in the hours beforehand i mean we, we prepped um, we had actually played this, this individual. We knew he was going to be the toughest competition for Thomas. Um, and, you know, Tyler and myself had, you know, put in the hours trying to prep Thomas to, to, to perform in the team competition, but then also on the side, um, meet his individual goal of finishing uh, number one in collegiate. And so we did a lot of prep. And again, Thomas is the type of player where there wasn't a whole lot of coaching going on in that match. It was mostly, he wanted it. He's extremely competitive in the moment. And, you know, kind of, we were just there to support him and get him through to the end. So I think, um, I think all that extra work went in on the front end. Um, when you get to the moment, it's, it's on, it's on him to, to perform. And well, that Evan, that is the perfect answer. I mean, from anything in my experience, whether as a player or as a coach, you know, your, your confidence, uh, comes back to the preparation. So it comes back to the work that you've put in. So when you, when you're in that moment, um, you can't doubt yourself, you know, your confidence comes back from knowing that you've done everything you can possibly do to prepare for the moment. So that sounds like 
what you're saying, it sounds like what Thomas uh, uh, played in that match. Um, so I just want to, you know, commend you all for, for the preparation and the hard work that you put in. And um, it's no surprise that you're champions, <laughs> national champions. That's a big deal. Um, so to the coaches, um, all of you, um, obviously COVID has <laughs> presented its own unique challenges. Um, there's not really any sort of experience in the past to draw from as far as global pandemics <laughs> and things being interrupted. Um, so I know that there must have been more pressure on you all as coaches to lead your team um, during a time when practices were limited, uh, competition was limited. So how did you keep your players so driven that I know they are personally driven, but to do that preparation that then leads to the championship mindset. I mean, so tell us a little bit about how COVID interrupted what you were doing and how y'all were able to um, steady the ship and win a national championship. Like Thomas said, um, Evan was able to bring in a lot of competitive athletes from outside, but we also had a lot of what we called crimson versus whites. So, I mean, I'm already a chair player, so I got to play Thomas a bunch, but then Tyler and Evan, and they jumped in some chairs. We got some basketball coaches playing some tennis. Um, we, we just had to get really creative. Um, White came out on top a couple times, though. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun just being really creative and, and figuring out how to keep on challenging our athletes. That brings up such a good point, Shelby. I mean, the, a word I hear over and over as I talk to different folks and their experience with COVID is, is like the word creative, like you used, or, or the word pivot. You know, we had to pivot to, to this. We had to make this change. We had to adjust. We had to get creative. Um, and so I think that it, it again, is, uh, shows your leadership um, that you were open to the idea of, okay, this is where we are what are we going to do now? And um, that's part of rising to the challenge. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I love what you said, Shelby. Um, Evan, Tyler, if you have more to add, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think one thing, you know, you said what, I, I guess kind of had to go into more of a pandemic season and challenge that had to go with it. I think a lot of that was what was off court, you know, what we had to do to get cleared to play, what we had to do in terms of taking temperatures, getting tested, you know, how often we get tested, all that. To me, the most normal part of the pandemic was when we actually got to practice and we're just playing tennis. We, we're right. finally back to doing what we normally do, right. practicing, trying to get better, hitting balls, playing matches, having fun together. So in, in a way, I think tennis was the most normal part of the pandemic for at least myself, in, once we actually got on the court, you know, all, all this other stuff that actually we had to do to get there, I, I think was more of a stressful part. But I think for at least myself, I, I think most players on the team, tennis is a good outlet to actually feel a little bit of normalcy during this past year. That's such an important point. I'm so glad that, that you shared that. Thank you. Because you're so right. I mean, because it seems like the whole world in a way was upside down with, with, I'm sure you all, you know, classes are canceled or, you know, so many things are canceled. Life is so disrupted. And so to have that space to come practice and do what you love playing tennis, um, that that's a bright spot for sure. <laughs> 
So Evan, um, taking that into account, um, you know, it already takes a, an incredible amount of commitment and discipline um, for the players to, to be student athletes and pursue these very lofty goals. Um, did that change or was it intensified during the pandemic or um, did you feel any difference there as far as leading your team? Mm, I think overall there was kind of Avery alluded to it, just this massive appreciation that we're out here playing. Um, we look at the schools across the country that either had no classes, um, so they didn't even have the option to train. Whereas we fortunately in Alabama had the um, ability to be on court together and also to, um, to, to COVID test. If we had the resources to test the incoming players, we could be on court and have competition. Um, so we're just a lot of the stars aligned that we could actually perform our, you know, and try to perform. Um, and then two is, you know, I think the work ethic of the players and the coaches. I mean, we just put our heads together and said, we're going to get better this season, uh, regardless of the circumstances. And, and we're going to provide opportunities regardless of the circumstances. And um, we just, we just did it. We just kind of willed it into existence and everybody fortunately was able to improve and not other teams weren't as lucky. They weren't able to get on court um, and had to be alternative, but we were extremely fortunate. I think Jeremy, did you want to uh, speak up to that as well? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that um, like the word team, um, and how much like this group of individuals, like you said it was an individual sport and, and yeah, there was individual motivation, but just as a team, we all rallied together. One to be like, like Evan said, be thankful for the opportunity that we had to just be able to train and be out there, even if it was in limited capacity, just being aware that like, that's not an opportunity that many people got, but also the fact that we just kept each other accountable. There was no, there were no days off. It was, we on that court, we were grinding like, you upset? Okay, that's cool. Keep practicing. Ain't, get, go take a second, get it together, but we're going to keep grinding. Like, that's um, that's like the biggest compliment I can give to all the folks on this call and even the people that aren't. Like, are, there's more people on this team. Right. Um, right. Body scrapped to, and worked their butt off to in academics and in on the court to make sure that we gave our best. Um, and, yeah, that's I'm just proud of the team for that because uh. – would be able to to fight through that like we yeah. did. Uh, Jeremy, thank you, thank you so much for for those words because you know having a support system, especially when you're far away from home, as many of you are, and and you come and you're part of this team and you're you're working, you're sweating it out, you're competing, and then things get thrown out of whack, you know, like COVID, <laughs> among other things, whether it's injuries or just life um and to have that support system like you were saying Jeremy the, the people there to lift you back up and to encourage you and be there for you um you, you can't put a price tag on that I mean it, it is it is an incredible thing and I, I just think that it is also so telling with you all going to the very top of the sport that what it boils down to is that you are a team and you are for each other and you hold each other accountable, like you said. And I mean, that's, that's like a clinic on success right there. <laughs> so, 
So, so thank you for that. So I, I want to dial a little bit more into that and say, okay, it could have been easy to not keep working out so hard. It could have been easy to um, not go to the gym or, or not sweat it out. Or, you know, we know that um, student athletes, schedules are difficult because you have the certain times of day that you're going to schedule your classes and then the chunk of time that you're going to devote to your to your training and your practices and then the travel and all of uh, those things that entails so how do you keep your motivation up when so much was suddenly canceled um last season Sorry, Jane, was that a question for a coach or for an athlete? Anybody. <laughs> I guess I can um, kind of speak to that. Um, you know, getting my master's, it's been, a, it's been a whole different experience, but I think like people have mentioned before that this team and um, the practice that we had on court was kind of an outlet. And so in times where I was feeling at high, high, high stress, um, I could count on my teammates and like tennis and the time that we had on court, um, knowing that we were very, very fortunate to be out there to kind of like bring me back and to keep me motivated and to keep me pushing in other areas of life. Um, and I don't know, truly this team is a joy to me. So it's like, that makes it really easy to come out on court. Um, even when we're struggling, like it just makes it so worth it. So it's just, um, our strength coach likes to say being where your feet are. And so it's exactly that. It's when you show up on court, you're ready to work with the people that are there. And, um, you know, it's kind of, we build each other up. And so that's what, it, that's what that's meant for me. Oh, that's awesome, Lauren. Thank you. Um, Evan, coach's perspective. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I think there were a lot of obstacles. I mean, it was, there was a lot of challenges and um, I think the coaches, we got together pretty early on and just, you know, decided that we were going to do what it takes. Um, I mean, we, we all spent hours um, checking players in before practices, cleaning facilities. Um, I mean, just, just the extra hours that we needed to do to make the facility safe, clean, um, and, and, and make sure that we could still perform and, and practice. So um, we had to just kind of come together and be like, there's a lot of stuff. There's like so many external factors this year that, that could stop us. Um, I, I went out with COVID for two weeks. Uh, some of the other coaches went out, players went out. I mean, you uh, uh, took each other down at times. And so like, but we had to figure out a way and I'm super fortunate to have Shelby and Tyler that, um, that we could continue on uh, even if um, Evan is gone for two weeks. Um, and so I, I think it was, I don't know, we just decided early, we we're going to make it happen. And we, it was again, team effort on the coach side as well. Well, I gotta tell you, I mean, I, I know what discipline and commitment and dedication, we can use as many words as we want, but it takes under normal circumstances to have a team, you know, put in the time and the work to achieve, you know, these highest levels of competition um, but to be able to overcome obstacles, like you're talking about, like putting in extra cleaning or, you know, the extra things to make sure everybody's safe, that just raises the, the bar even higher. Um, but it's just another testament to how you, you made it work. You raised, you, you rose to the occasion. So, um, 
I would, I would love to hear more. <laughs> Jeremy, I want to hear more from you. I feel like you have more to say. <laughs> if I, if I run my mouth this whole time, um, we'll be here until nighttime. Um, <laughs> I'll say one more thing and then I'm done. I'm not saying nothing else. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, again, like uh, I've already mentioned, there's more more that, more that people that put work into this than what you see here. Um, specifically, like we've mentioned our strength coach, like Will Wright. We wouldn't be here without him because he keeps us, uh, keeps the strength levels where they need to be, explosive levels. He, he works to make sure we're prepared physically for, for what we need to do on court. But also another side of that is our sports medicine. Uh, Mike Rodriguez, um, and local doctors worked tirelessly to make a plan to make sure we could, on the medical side, even approach this. Right. Um, and without them, we wouldn't have been able to get cleared to play. Um, so I just wanted to shout out like our auxiliary forces, if you will, that have just put hours and hours and hours into making sure we can just get on court. Um, and without them, COVID would have definitely took us all out. So uh, big shout out to them. And that's that you're not getting nothing else from me. That's it. Well, I appreciate what you've given. Thank you for that. No, that that uh, truly is so important to be said um, because I don't think people always realize just how much effort it puts in behind the scenes to make it possible for then you as athletes and all the effort that you're putting in as well, but for it all to coalesce into um, winning a national championship. But yeah, I mean, it it takes so much um, work from from the athletes yourselves and, and so much from the other uh, dedicated parts of the team to, to contribute to, to such a success. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that, uh, Jeremy. I won't call you out anymore. <laughs> but um, uh, Avery, I'm going to call you out now. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. So just in general, like, you know, coming to Alabama and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the last time I spoke, I talked about, um, you know, finding so many opportunities here. And I kind of like took a chance when I was coming to Alabama because I didn't have much of a background in adaptive sports. I just um, was an athlete in the past and I wanted to be able to compete in wheelchair tennis. And um, it just worked out really well for me. It ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made coming here um, from Tennessee. And uh, I was able to participate in wheelchair tennis and wheelchair basketball. And um, but just really found a love for tennis. Um, and like I said, I was I've, since then, I've been able to pursue my, um, you know, my athletic goals and my academic goals. Well, that is so cool to hear. So um, where, what part of Tennessee are you from? Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis. Okay. Very nice. So I know that our time is running short. So I just want to make sure, um, again, just to say thank you um, for all you're doing, not just for your time today, but for how you represent Alabama and how you make us proud. And um, I just, we can't thank you enough. And so thank you. Thank you for taking the time today. And I, I hope to see you all in person soon. It, it's been a while. <laughs> but um, yeah, Evan, any last parting words? Yeah. Please, I do. And my big thing is I want a huge thanks to USA Alabama. Um, your office is so supportive. There's a huge poster of our team on your wall. 
which I was so excited to see when I was up there. Um, USTA is Southern as well. Um, I'm affiliate on the committee side, but just the overwhelming support they have for wheelchair tennis is incredible. Um, some of these athletes on this call have gotten a scholarship from them. Um, they're, they're funding our programming and allowing us to do our, our community work and other things like that, impacting a greater range. So um, I think just Southern and, and Alabama specifically, like you all are so great and a reason why we're having success. Well, thank you. And, and y'all know I'm a big Alabama fan anyway. So I've got to, I've got to give you a big roll tide. <laughs> As we're all get, can, can we all do a roll tide together? Is that, is that, is that too corny? <laughs> you know, I'm a nerd. <laughs> can we all go roll? Come on, roll. Oh, do it. Roll tide. <laughs> Y'all are the best. Thank you for humoring me on that. I know I'm a nerd. So <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. I hope to talk to you again soon. And again, thank you for your time. Real time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>